0: All right, Romans chapter 13 says this, And do this, knowing that the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our serv- salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. I don't know about you, but... With everything that's happening in the world, more than ever before, I am grateful and thankful for my salvation. See, I have an assurance. I have hope. I know one day I'm going to spend eternity in heaven. No matter what's going on in the world, one day I will spend eternity in heaven with my Jesus. I am grateful and thankful for my salvation. Is there anybody else grateful and thankful that you're saved and going to heaven? Because there's a world out there that's not saved. There's a world out there that is lost and confused and the world is getting more and more confused. We are on the brink of war throughout the world. There is stuff happening that I never thought would happen. There's things that are being taught in school systems that I never thought would ever be taught. There's things that are taught as the truth that's an absolute lie. There's things that are happening all around us and it's happening so fast we can't even process what's actually going on. We live in an hour and a time where this world needs Jesus. We need Jesus more than ever before. And one day, I know this ain't preached much but we preach it here. One day, the church will be raptured. One day, we will meet him in the air. And I'm going on the first load. Come on, somebody. You can talk about pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. I'm going on the first boat. Come on, somebody. If you get stuck here, I'm going to leave you something and tell you exactly what to do. But I'm heading on the first trip. Come on, somebody. And I'm telling you, we are closer than ever before to the return of Jesus Christ. He's coming back. He's coming back. I know that ain't preached much, but he is coming back. I'm not going to preach a self-help thing today. I'm going to tell you, Jesus is coming back. And he is coming back. And I'm telling you, I'm excited. But we need to rescue as many people as possible. I love what's happening in our Reach LA and Skid Row. I love what's happening in Mexico. I love what's happening in El Salvador and Honduras. I love what's happening locally here. We get to reach the world for Jesus Christ. And then we have to make disciples. That's why these men's and women's group and everything we're doing is so important. I got, I was with uh, Real Talk Kim. She wants to come here and do a woman's thing for our women. And I said, Kim, I said, Pastor Alba's a great preacher. My wife's a great preacher. I said, I don't know if you'd get a chance to preach. <laughs> I said, we, we'd make room for you. But, but we, we got to make disciples. We got we to gotta make disciples. We have to encourage people, and we have to train people and equip people. And that's why what we do is so important. That's why it's so important to invest your time wisely. That's why it's so important to be part of a local church, to be grounded, to be rooted. That's why every week we do growth track in that lower classroom so you can get rooted. You will grow more rooted in a local church than you will bouncing from church to church just listening to the best speakers that are around. See, you only dig, you only grow when you're rooted. This has nothing to do with my message, so someone needs to lay a hold of this. Someone needs to stop bouncing from place to place and get rooted in a local church and allow God to grow you. Come on. Now, I just want to go to Acts chapter 20, and we're going to look at verse 7. And I'm reading this in the Passion Translation. And one of the toughest things for a preacher is this, is we can preach, usually the two toughest things to preach on are scriptures that we always preach on to find new and fresh revelation. But it's also hard to preach on stuff that's very rarely preached on. And this is one of them passages that is rarely preached on. But I believe it's going to speak to someone today. And the Holy Spirit really downloaded some things to me. And I want to invite people back tonight for a special service. The Holy Spirit spoke to me in Ohio very clearly, and he said, on Sunday night, I want you to preach about land. And anyone that is believing for a new house, their first house, or to own land for apartments, for business, for whatever it is, I want you to come back tonight. I'm going to preach a message on land And how God can use land for the kingdom of God. And I want to pray for you to either get your first house, a new house, for you to own it. I believe God is going to begin to shift some things where some people go from renting to owning. Because you know what? You're throwing the money away, giving it to the landlord. You might as well own your own property. God says there's a shift going to happen in our church where people are going to go from renting to owning. So I want you to come back tonight. Amen? Don't miss tonight. We're going to pray for everyone that's believing for a new house, land, all that stuff. So if you have your Bible, go to Acts 20, verse 7, and the Passion Translation reads like this. On Sunday, we gathered to take communion and to hear Paul preach because he was planning to leave the next day. He continued speaking until past midnight. Now, let me just pause there. One thing there's not more of is time. There's only 24 hours in a day. That's it. And how you spend your day affects your life. Where you invest your hours affects what happens in your life. If you spend eight hours a day watching Netflix, it affects your life. I ain't knocking Netflix, but if you spend most of your time watching Netflix, you're going to be really good at knowing characters on the TV. Come on, somebody. But you have to invest your time wisely because you only have 24 hours in a day. That's why church is important. Let me say it again. That's why church is important because something's happening on the inside of you when you come to church. Iron sharpens iron. God is doing something in your spirit. God is encouraging you, strengthening you. There is a spiritual dynamic that's taking place when we come together. We are praising God. We're worshiping God. There's, there's something happening in the spiritual realm. This is good time to invest in. Let me say like this. When you come to church, it's a good investment on your time. It's good investment. Well, church can be sometimes two, three hours. I get it. But you probably spend two or three hours on a lot of things that don't bless your life. I'd rather spend two to three hours on something that blesses my life and blesses my family and blesses my children and blesses my grandchildren. See, we got it all wrong. We spend most of our time with stuff that does not bless our life. Or change our life or impact our life. You gotta, so Paul is preaching and he is preaching for a while, but he is pouring out into their life. He's taking what the Holy Spirit has downloaded to him and investing it in their life. When you get a Holy Spirit download, it's worth if you stayed till midnight. When you get a Holy Spirit revelation, See, one revelation from the Holy Ghost can change your life forever. One revelation from the Spirit of God can change your life forever. One moment, one touch, one second in the presence of God can change everything. And we got people not wanting to spend time in the presence of God. I don't even understand that. This is a place we should run to. This is a place that we should come to on a, on a regular basis. You should have church at your house. Come on, somebody. Pastor Nally has church at the house all day, every day. Come on, somebody. I walk into her services. Can I get a loud amen? And trust me, they go to way after midnight. Come on. But I'm here to tell you, we invest our time all wrong. We miss it. You need to invest your time Something that will spiritually change your life. We are spirit first. We're spirit first. We're spirit first. So Paul's preaching until midnight. Verse 8 says this There were many, many flickering lights upstairs in the upstairs chamber where we were meeting. Let's go back. I could preach on this all day. There were many flickering lights in the upstairs chamber where we were meeting. Say flickering lights. Say flickering lights. You know, you're the light of the world. Let me say it again. You're the light of the world. Let me preach it a little more. You're the light of the world. I'm going to just say it again until someone gets it. You're the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. I love this. Fire always comes from heaven. But back then, these lights happened on a lamp, on a, a, it needed oil. See, God will always send the fire, but you need to have the oil. I'm going to say it again. See, God sends the fire, like in Acts 2. God saves your life, changes your life, fills you with the Holy Ghost, begins to move supernaturally. But you got to keep the fire going. How do you keep the fire going is you need oil. You need oil in your lamp. Hmm. Let me me just show you this. There was in Matthew 25, looking at verse 1, I'm just going to read four verses here. It says this then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in the vessel with their lamp. See, let me tell you something. You need oil in your life. You need oil in your life. You need the word of God in your life. You need prayer in your life. You need fellowship. You need to come to church. You need to belong to a Bible study. You need some oil in your life. Because if you want the fire to grow and you want the fire to sustain, you need oil. You need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. You need God to move when you're reading his word. You need prayer. You need sustainable fellowship with Christians. You need the oil of God to flow through your life. There's so many Christians, what I've seen during the pandemic, that had a fire, but they had no oil. So when the fire went out, there was no oil to sustain the fire. And so, a lot of people, they, they strayed away. And there's a lot of people that have not ever come back to church. They had no oil. You gotta have oil in your lamp. Let me, let me preach to this side here. You need some oil in your lamp. Let me preach this side. You need some oil. I want some fresh oil. I'm not gonna live off of yesterday's oil. Why do I come on Sunday? Because I need some fresh oil. Why do I come on Sunday night? I need some fresh oil. Why am I here on Wednesday? I need fresh oil. Why do I come to a woman's group? I need fresh oil. Why do I come to the men's group? I need fresh oil. Why do I go to downtown LA? I need fresh oil. See, some of you wonder why your fire is dimming. You need some more oil. You got to get the oil. Man, there's many flickering Lights, I'm the light of the world. I ain't let my fire go out. I got a fire for Jesus. He changed me. He saved me. He rearranged me. He healed your marriage. He delivered you from drugs. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. Get some oil in your life. Learn to put the oil in your lamp. I I preach this all the time. Open up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I'm not talking about one on your phone, a Bible. This thing. If you don't have one, I will buy you one. I don't care if 100 people come up to me. I will buy every 100 person a Bible. Because you need a Bible. Come on, somebody. It's one of the ways that you keep oil in your lamp. Now, if you got a Bible and got like six and you just want another one, I ain't buying you a Bible. Come on, somebody. You know who you are. I'm looking at you. Come on, somebody. I know who you are. There's someone out there that will do that. Pastor Brian, I need a study Bible. You got eight study Bibles. I ain't buying you another one. You can buy yourself your eighth study Bible. Amen? High five your neighbor and say, buy your own Bible if you got one. But if you don't have a Bible, I will buy you one. And then this, the next verse says this. Sitting in an open window, listening was a young man named Eutychus. As Paul's sermon dragged on, Eutychus became drowsy and fell into a deep slumber. Sound asleep, he fell three stories to his death below. Now, let me just stay on that verse. He's sitting on a window. Now, as you can see our tabernacle, really, besides in the far back on the upper deck, there's no window in here. Now, I know there's a little crack in the door over there, and you kind of can see some outside light. But it's interesting. They're in a room, and there's many flickering lights, and there's one guy near a window. See, the window shows you what's happening outside the church. The window shows you what's happening outside. See, a window projects, can show you what is happening outside the building, outside the home. So, Eutychus is looking in the church but he's also looking outside the church. One foot in the church, one foot outside the church. And he notices it gets dark. Now, inside there's many flickering lights, but he notices outside, it's bedtime. Because he's got one foot in and one foot out. And there's a lot of us you have one foot in and one foot out. You keep looking at the things of the world while looking at the church. You're looking at the church on Wednesday and Sunday. But then Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, you're looking at the world. I miss the things of the world, you're saying. I like going out with my friends and going clubbing. Now, some of you, you think you were good at clubbing. You weren't good at clubbing. Thank God God rescued you from clubbing. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you the truth. You were making a fool of yourself. Come on, somebody. Thank God God saved you, amen? You weren't good at clubbing. You think you were, but you were not good at clubbing. See, that, that's what happens. We, we look at the good old days like it was something special. It wasn't. Before Jesus, it was all terrible. It was miserable, it wasn't good. It's not till Jesus entered the doorway of our heart that everything began to change. That life you used to live wasn't that good. Come on, somebody. You're you're lifting up an old life that tried to destroy you. See, you got one foot in, one foot out. One foot that looks outside. One foot outside, one foot inside. You keep staring outside while looking inside. And I'm here to tell you you got to wake up. You got to wake up. Jesus is coming back. You got to wake up. The world won't do you good. The way you're living won't won't do you good. It's only going to lead to one place. And you got to understand that. But so many of us live one foot in, one foot out. And we wonder why we get sleepy. We wonder why we get tired. Because I'm here to tell you, as you look at the darkness outside, it should be bedtime, and you start getting tired. Nobody else, they say in the scripture, got tired. Paul is investing, pouring in. He's challenging them, he's equipping them. The Holy Spirit is downloading. But there's one that got tired because he's looking at the darkness see what darkness see we are not children of darkness we are children of light see i'm a child of god not child of darkness see i'm in the world but i'm not of the world see i belong to jesus i'm a child of the most high the bible says we belong to a royal priesthood the bible says we're heirs to the kingdom of heaven The Bible says, I'm the head, not the tail, above, not beneath. See, I need you to understand something here today. You don't belong to the darkness. Once you said yes to Jesus, you belong to the light. What does darkness have to do with light? I'm here to tell you, stop playing with the darkness. Stop stop getting involved in the darkness. Stop playing games in the dark. Come on, somebody. Get back into the light. Get out of the window and wake up in the name of Jesus. Now, someone needs to hear that today, and I'm going to preach it to you. And I want you to understand this. In verse 10, it says this. Paul went downstairs, bent over the the boy, and embraced him. Taking him in his arms, he said to all the people gathered, Stop your worrying. He is coming back to life. Paul went back upstairs, served communion, and ate a meal with them. Then he picked back up where he left off and taught until dawn. My man, Paul, come on, somebody. Filled with enormous joy, they took the boy home alive and everyone was encouraged. Go back to verse 10, please. Paul went downstairs. Now, let me just start there. We have some people in the church that have fell. They used to belong to church. They might have had one foot in, one foot out. One foot in, one foot out. They fell. And what we do as the church, we just keep having church. I'm going to tell you how we're going to act at this church. We're going to leave. We're going to stop having church for a moment. We're going to walk down three stories... Three flights of stairs to the ground. See, sometimes you got to get off the platform and get into the streets. Sometimes you got to leave your perch and head into the highways and the byways. Sometimes you got to get off the platform and head to where people are hurting and lost. See, sometimes it takes us saying, We're going to pause church for a second. Someone just fell out the window. Let us walk down three stories and Watch Jesus do a miracle in their life. But we think leaving the church, the perch, the platform, we think leaving our high and holy and mighty status, come on somebody, changes something. Actually, going down the three flights of stairs, the three stories of stairs, it makes, mm, it's Part of our testimony as well. See, it's not just the boy's testimony, it's our testimony. Let me say it again. The Apostle Paul went downstairs and he did something powerful. He bent over the boy and embraced him, he hugged him. There are people that have fallen, there are people that have fallen out the window. We got to go embrace them. We got to go love them. We got to go love them. Now, it doesn't mean we condone what they're doing. I don't condone sin. But I can love somebody through their sin. Just because they're struggling doesn't mean I can't love them. Sometimes it's your hug that will bring them back to life. Sometimes it's the love you bring that will change everything in their life. JJ, come here. Isn't JJ amazing? I've known this young man for a few years, and he is an incredible young man that loves Jesus. He absolutely loves Jesus. He's on fire. He's a preacher of the gospel, he's a great basketball player. I could could keep going, all the things he does great. He's a wonderful young man that loves Jesus. Can we give him a big hand clap? But I remember a few years ago, the enemy tried to attack this young man. He had all sorts of medical issues, and I remember being in the hospital. And I remember, AJ, or JJ, do you remember what was going on?
1: Um, I had a bone infection that uh, should have killed me. And uh, the doctors didn't know what I, what I had. They thought I had cancer and stuff. And uh, they had surgery. And it was just like a long process of just pain and agony and stuff. I,
0: I remember going to the hospital and seeing him. And he was in his gown. Has anybody ever been in the hospital gown? You are the cutest in your hospital gown. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody. You don't get any cuter than that moment. Come on. I saw this young man. In a hospital gown. And his family was all there. And I remember spending hours there. Just praying for him. And believing God was going to do a miracle. And let me tell you. I've now. Been a part of his life for a little bit. We're going to walk together and hold hands. Not in a weird way. But just. You know. Just like this. But I have been a part of his life. And sometimes. It takes you leaving your position sometimes it takes you leaving your place to go right where someone's at and begin to pray for them and begin to love on them and begin to embrace them now that should have killed JJ that should have killed him what he went through he should be dead but as you can see he's not dead Quite the opposite, he preaches on TikTok to thousands of people. He seems so saved and lives changed for the glory of God. Give JJ a big hand because he should have been dead, but he's alive. There's a lot of people I see today that you should have been dead. Maybe you fell out a window, but Pastor Rob came into your life and began to hug you. Pastor Alba came out of nowhere and gave you a big hug. And all of a sudden, when everybody thought you were dead, you weren't dead. You resurrected and came back to life in the name of Jesus. I got an assignment and mission from the Holy Ghost for our church. Over the next six weeks, there's some people that fell out a window. What we gotta do is go and get them. We gotta embrace them, we gotta love them, we gotta tell them that Jesus still has a plan for them. God hasn't given up on them. They are loved by God and they're loved by us. And God has a plan. We gotta walk down a couple stories, come on somebody. We gotta walk down some stairs. It might be uncomfortable, but I'm here to tell you, lives are changed that way. It's going to be part of your testimony. It's going to be part of what God's done in your life. Gotta get a loud amen? Come on, give me another loud amen. There's youth. Our youth and our young people are going through stuff that I can't even imagine. They are fighting battles. That we have never had to fight. They are, they are fighting battles that we have never had to fight. They're confused on their identity. They're confused on their sexuality. They're and they are being pumped with all sorts of stuff. You know what we need to do? Leave our high and mighty status. Walk down some stairs. And just love on them and say, God has a plan for your life. I might not agree with what you're doing, but I'm going to love you through it until Jesus changes you, sets you free, does a miracle in your life. Till he resurrects you because you're not meant to be dead on this floor. We got some people that need a miracle. We got some people that have given up on church. We got people that have given up on God. I've heard people tell me that I've given up on God. I've given up on the church because I got hurt. I got hurt. A pastor hurt me. This person hurt me. I'm, let me let me just let me just say this: If you've been hurt by a pastor, I want you to know. I want you to hear this. I'm so sorry you were hurt, but you can't live in it. You got to get back up. You got to keep fighting the good fight of faith. You got to keep running after Jesus. We'll walk down the stairs and we'll embrace you. But you got to get back up. And so I'm on a mission now to walk down some stairs. For the next few weeks, we're going to walk down some stairs. And this is going to be a continual thing we do. But I believe this is the season now where people are open. We gotta walk down the stairs and tell people Jesus loves them. We gotta walk down the stairs and tell them God still has a plan for you. We gotta walk down the stairs and say, Look, you're not dead, you're alive. God hasn't thrown you away, you're just getting started. I'm here to tell somebody it's time now to go after those that are lost, hurt, confused, broken. They need Jesus. This world needs Jesus. We need Jesus. Where would you be without Jesus? I know you look good now, but you didn't always look good. I know you dress up well now, but you didn't always have it together. It took someone leaving the upper room. I think we need to leave the upper room and head down to the floor and pick some people up in the name of Jesus. And tell them they are alive in Christ. Come on, somebody. High five you never say, we're, we're leaving the upper room. It says this in Matthew chapter 18. Take heed that you not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father, who is in heaven, for the Son of Man has come to save that which is lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountain to seek the one that is strayed? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over than the sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not grow go astray. There's a one out there that you know. Maybe it's your sister. Maybe it's your brother. Maybe it's your mama. Maybe it's your aunt. Maybe it's your dad. Maybe it's your cousin. Maybe it's your neighbor. They used to go to church. They had one foot in, one foot out. And they fell out the window. I know we could keep having service. And we could keep going on with the same old, same old. But I think over the six weeks... We do something. We go after them. We tell them that Jesus loves them. Let me shake my head like this. We tell them that Jesus loves them. He's not done with them, He's got a plan for them. I'm believing it's going to happen in the youth. I believe the youth is going to grow over this next six weeks in such a tremendous way. Our church is growing. Stuff's happening. It's amazing. But there's someone out there that needs Jesus. There's someone out there that needs the love of God. There's someone out there that needs the power of God. Man, I want to see souls saved. I want to see people discipled. I want to see their light shine. I want to see oil in their lamp. I want to see the power of God move supernaturally in their life. Now, let me just preach a little something. I'm here to tell you today, you're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You're not a coincidence. You're not something that this is just a happenstance. You are here by God for a reason. You are here for a purpose and for a destiny. You're not here just to get some good messages and some good sermons and worship and that's it. You're here on assignment. You're here to cast out devils. You're here to see souls saved. You're here to see the miracle working power of God. You're here to see blind eyes open, deaf ears open, the lame walk, the blind see. You're here for a reason. You're not here to play patty cake with one another and talk about the decor. You're here to see the power of God move supernaturally. If you don't like the decor, I'm here to tell you, I I don't know what to say about it. Just go reach some souls. If you don't like the men's bathroom, I apologize. Don't use it, come on somebody. Hold it. Come on, somebody. Go to In-N-Out down the street. It's brand new. Come on. But we're going to reach souls. Well, I don't like that. I got to park clear in the back. I'm sorry. Park on the street. Come on, somebody. You're not going to like everything with church. But I'm here to tell you, we got to be united in mission. We gotta be focused on purpose. Reach LA, we're gonna do it more and more and more. The Mexico trip, we're gonna do more and more and more. We got a crusade planned for El Salvador. We got a crusade talking about going in Tijuana. We got more and more stuff happening. They want us to go to the Ukraine. I said, I don't even know how that's possible right now. They said, once all this maybe dies down, maybe you would go do a crusade in the Ukraine. I said, why do you want us to? They said, you're the only person I know that would actually go. That's what they told me. That got me excited. I said, we will go. Come on, somebody. But you got to understand, there's a world out there that needs Jesus. They don't need us to play around, you play patty cake with each other. See, I'm not gonna play Christian patty cake. This isn't a club This isn't a uh, club with a cross on it. This isn't here just so that we can say how great you are and God bless you and, and pray a prayer. You're here to reach souls. You're here to see the kingdom of God advance. You're here to see miracles, signs, and wonders. Your children are gonna be changed. Your lineage is gonna be changed. Your bloodline is gonna be changed. You're here for a reason. I ain't here to send you Christian love cards. Come on, somebody. We're here for a reason. You're saved. Yours, oil, and your lamb, you go after the one that fell out the window. Because there's one that fell out the window. And we're here to love them. Everybody stand to your feet. Worship team, come back. Maybe you fell out the window. for some reason today someone brought you to church or you picked yourself up or maybe you're watching online and you fell out the window you no longer have the life of Christ the purpose of Christ running through your veins We want to embrace you today and love you. We want to watch you come back to life. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and life abundantly. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe you got one foot in, one foot out. Maybe you already fell. We want to bring you home today. I'm gonna get off this platform because I'm gonna come down here. I want to get off the platform and come to you. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. If you need to rededicate your life to Jesus, you got one foot in, one foot out. you need to give your life to Jesus for the first time. If you fell out the window and you need to come back to life, you don't know how you got so far away from God, but you did. Today is the day of salvation. When I count to three, if you need to rededicate your life or give your life to Jesus for the first time, One, I just declare the Holy Spirit's moving in this place. Two, I break every chain of the enemy. This your moment. You want both feet in. You want to get off the gr- up off the ground. When I say three, lift your hand high. Say, That's me. Lift it up. 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 Hands going up all over. Everyone repeat after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and live. I repent. I want to be all the way in. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I surrender to you today. In Jesus' name man let's give all those wonderful people that was (laughs) after service I want to be up front here and just hug everyone that did that or if you just want to hug we want to just I want to show you some love today tell you how much Jesus loves you because Jesus does love you amen every hand lifted pray that you become a soul winner I pray that you get a burden for those that have felt fall those that have fallen those that have one foot in one foot out may you run after them chase after them and love them embrace them I pray that you wake up Wake up, this ain't about you. Your light's burning. Go after the lost, and the hurting, and the broken. Be about the kingdom of God. My title is Wake Up and Embrace the Fallen. I pray that you wake up today. Time is short. Jesus is coming back. We live in a confusing world. People need the love of Jesus. You may be the only person that stands between that person and hell. We're not going to argue over the color of the carpet when there's a world that's dying. I really don't care what the color of the carpet is, we're here to raise souls. I pray that you get a passion for the lost. A passion for the hurting. In Jesus' name. Everyone say amen. amen. All right. Before you. Now before you, yeah, you can clap. Before you. The Holy Spirit did speak to me too lot this week. I really had some great time with the Lord, even though it was very busy. God has given me a strategy for our crusades, and I believe it's going to take everything to the next level. I believe after this year, we are going to, maybe we'll be able to do it at the end of the year. I had a vision of cities, very poor parts of the city I saw us, there was like shacks and like homes that were barely, didn't really even look like homes, in poor places all over the world. And the Holy Spirit said to me, and in my vision, I want you to do crusades in those hurting places. And I said, well, there's cities, there's no fields or stadiums there in them poor places. There's no place to do large crusades. And as I begin to pray more and dream more, the Holy Spirit gave me a revelation. He said, I want you to take those slums and I want you to tear down all the houses and I want you to build new houses. But in between, when the, house, the property is tore down and there's all that land that is flat, before you build... I want you to have crusades on that property and then you will build new houses for everyone that was there. I saw it as a great strategy to go into cities, especially urban areas where there are no fields. We could build new homes to bless people. At the same time, have flat land in between the time of the new home being built and the old home being torn down. I think there's something to what God's getting ready to do in this new season. So why did I tell you all this? I pray that God brings in carpenters, masonry workers. I pray that God brings in construction workers. I pray that God gets them saved here by the bunches. Lord, bring in construction workers, bring in carpenters, bring in masonry workers, bring in people that can build homes, thousands of homes in cities all over the world so that we can reach more people for the glory of God. And if you are a construction worker, carpenter, masonry person, we would love to get connected with you. See Pastor Bill. We will put you to work here soon. Every hand lifted. I pray that you're part of reaching souls for the kingdom of God. Souls, souls, souls. I pray that you're part of reaching souls for the kingdom of God. Lord, bless these crusades. Bless our efforts here. Bless them abundantly. In Jesus' name. Everyone give Jesus a big shout of praise. All right, so after service, I'm going to be up here. I want to do a little hug line. So now if you want to hug for like 20 minutes, you're going to have to get escorted out. Come on. I'm joking. All right. Pastor Rob, come up here. He's going to do the announcements and offering. You know, we started doing this at the end just so that we could have more time for the word to be preached never wanted to feel like there wasn't enough time for that to happen. Wake up and
1: embrace the fallen. You know, as as Pastor preached this morning, to embrace the fallen, we can't do it by ourselves. It takes a team of people. It takes an army of people. And at the beginning of the message, he talked about being rooted in a place in that you would grow. And he reminded us about growth track that's happening as soon as church is over right next door. There are Many places to serve, and there are many places that God needs people that will embrace the fallen. And so, I want to encourage you if you've never taken Growth Track, you've never dug deep into this church, be a part of Growth Track this afternoon and see where God wants to place you and see your purpose lived out so that you can help embrace the fallen. I want to let you know that we have a more service that's going to happen and this is a time where we dig deep and we intercede on behalf of what God can do. This is not a time where we just gather to sing some more songs and gather just to sit back, but we press forward and we intercede and we travail because we ask God to send the fire because we want more of God's presence. We want more of God's power. Can I get an amen? And so during this service, we ask that you come ready to press in and ready to intercede for the Spirit of God to move in a powerful and mighty way. Amen? And we're six weeks away from Resurrection Weekend, and this was a perfect message to listen to as it challenged my heart to rise up and embrace the fallen within my own circle of family, my own circle of friends that may have had one foot in and one foot out. And this would be an incredible weekend to invite somebody that needs to hear a gospel message. Good Friday, as we take up communion, and all throughout Resurrection Weekend, we are believing God's going to do something powerful. Amen? And throughout Resurrection Weekend, we're going to be collecting, we're going to be gathering our Resurrection Mission Seed Offering all during this weekend. We're believing that God is going to do something powerful in your heart. We're telling you this now so that you can begin to pray and ask God what He would have you give to this Resurrection Mission Seed Offering. We do it annually, and last year we saw incredible things as we sown. Last year we saw the deaf here, We saw the lame walk. We saw the demon possessed completely set free. It wasn't like we sown and waited. We sown and we saw God do it. We saw 25,000 souls come into the kingdom of God. One of the most amazing things Just to see when you sow, watch as it goes back out into the mission field. And this year will be no different. As we've already seen, a 25,000 seat stadium already secured for a multiple day crusade, crusade. And for the first time ever, a mission seat offering it is a direct result type of offering this is not something that we just decided to do this is a mandate on this house as pastor preached all throughout today and I'm just taking a little bit of time because maybe you weren't part of our church last year but you are right now this is a special thing that we do a mandate that God has given on our house 25,000 people last year. What is God going to do through this offering this year? Blind eyes being open. Deaf seeing kid can you just imagine at that kids crusade not just that child being changed but a lineage we're not just taking a nation we're taking families back for the kingdom of God and watching nations begin to be changed you're sowing into a mission can I get an amen and so all throughout resurrection weekend we'll be taking it up starting on good friday at our communion service and we want you to pray now. Not if you will give, but what will you give? Amen? And watch and see what God is going to do this year in El Salvador. Santa Ana, El Salvador. I'm, I mean, I am so excited to see what God is going to do. I already know that this is going to be a year, a record-breaking year. A record-breaking year. Can I get amen? So we want you to start praying and believing to sow and to unite with us over that weekend, amen. Come on ushers, would you make your way forward? We're going to receive our morning tithes and offering, and as they come forward, this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Nothing that you do should be done for a man or for a person. We do so unto the Lord. We do so unto the Lord. So throughout Resurrection Weekend, as we, s- we receive that resurrection mission seed, we're not sowing to a person, a man. We're doing it unto God, amen? And verse eight says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this, this is for somebody today, this he will receive back from the Lord. We sow unto the Lord, we receive back from the Lord. Whether he is a bondservant servant." or he is free. I love that line because it doesn't matter who I am. When my heart is right, my motive is correct, and I sow unto the Lord, I shall receive back no matter where I've come from, no matter how much dirt's in my past, God's going to give it back to me because I've given it to him. Can I get an amen? So as we sow this morning, as we tithe this morning, remember, be reminded, that when we do so unto the Lord, we shall receive it back. Help me bless this now. Dear Heavenly Father, we lift our tithe unto you right now. We lift our offering up to you right now, God. And we say we give it unto you with a free heart, with a glad heart, with an open heart, God. Do with our seed what only you can do. Would you breathe on it now, God? Would you bless the gift? Would you bless the giver so that your kingdom can be expanded? And we would see more than we've ever seen before. And we would be able to do more than we've ever done before for the glory of God. It's in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Everybody shouted amen. As the ushers continue to to take up the tithes and offering, we're going to open up the altar right now. And Pastor has said he'll be here if you want to come up here and give him a hug. You need a hug. You want prayer for anything, we'll be here for you. The worship team will continue. God bless you, don't forget to come back tonight as pastor has another word for us tonight.